to Day on the Show. Going my way, some Advent reflection from St. Bernard. Our picks for the weekend, so much more. The Catholic Underground, oh yeah, starts right now. Well, we hope you like dubstep because it's time (laughs) for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 385. Uh, Did you miss me? I'm Father Chris Decker. Joining me, the co-executive producer of the Catholic Underground, (laughs) Kathleen Lee. She is also the executive director of the Woman's New Life Center in Baton Rouge, Rouge, Louisiana. Hey, Kathleen. Hi. I'm so glad he's back. (laughs) It's it's good. It's good to be back, actually. Um, Yeah. And then Olivia Galino. She's the associate director of youth and young adult ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. She joins us as she did quite dutifully while I was away. Yes, this is and has always been my seat. That's but true. I'm so glad that I look over and both of you. Yay. I know, it this is. is such a, oh. Yeah, and so we got the family uh, here on Earth uh, mm-hmm. taken care of. So let's go up to space, shall we? To uh, Jeff Blackwell. He's the technical director of the CU. He's the commandant Salt. of the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite. Jeff. Yeah. How, how are things up in space? Uh, everything's great up here. Uh, you know, we had a great Thanksgiving. Um, and we got the zero gravity toilet taken care of. That's true. It, it, it was giving us problems, but uh, other than that, yeah. man, we're in good shape. Waste now, extraction is always trouble. <laughs> I mean, that's just. Why would you say it like that? <laughs> that's what they call it on Deep Space Nine. Ooh. It's a Star Trek reference. Yeah, I'm back. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sorry, sorry, yes. That's probably. right. So, sorry, Jeff. What were you going to say? I interrupted you. No, it's great to be back. Good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. It is. Uh, and of course, over in the ball pit, Ed Ball is our video director. And uh, he, in fact, is doing all of the video switching. So if you're listening to us on the radio, we actually can come into your eye holes uh, at catholicunderground.tv or you can follow us on Facebook at catholicunderground.com. All right. With what little bit of voice I've got left. I Yay. Mean, uh, uh, <laughs> Spend it all here, Father. Exactly. Leave this is the, the place floor. to come. So I got to tell you, it's, it's good to be back. And uh, ho- hold on just a second for Ooh. those of you. Yeah. He's going to dance. Show and tell. No, no, I'm not going to dance. But I do have my Compostela. Ooh. Yeah. It's got shells on it. it, it I guess. Actually, I know it has St. James on it. Well, um, the, the box so has shells on it. So what I'm doing right it. now is I'm opening. There's a there's a tube, right, um, that you get whenever you, whenever you get your Compostela. So when you complete the Camino, um, you go up to the little desk uh, that looks kind of like you're going to the post office. Right. And all of the people with their packs on in various states of tiredness and undress you know because mm-hmm. you're just been in and you you walk up and you stand in line um to basically say i have walked the camino here i am in santiago um i, I would like the the certificate of completion yeah. and so that's exactly what i have here wow. um and it's it's in latin and i forgot to get the uh Christopherum the, Decker. yeah so so that was the thing as as the guy is writing so it's 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 in latin of course mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they kind of the the ah exactly is they write your name in Latin. Wow. Um, to you know, so the whole thing is in Latin. And when I got there, uh, the the man started writing Christoforum, and he says, "You know, this is in Latin." I said, "Yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the language." Uh, but yes, please keep writing. And I said, uh, "I said I'm also a priest." He goes, "Oh, a priest. Oh, well, mm, you know, there is nothing special for the priest." But uh, and he wrote Dominum. Oh. Uh, so to say, yeah, exactly to say that this this guy's a priest. Huh? Wow, that's yeah. nice. So, so this is the certificate of completion, saying that I did indeed walk the Camino Santiago de Compostela. And, um, and of course, uh, as we'll talk about uh, 
this this document was not because I walked it from end to end, but um, but the thing about the Camino is it's not the path, it's the way, mm-hmm. right? It's not the the series of pebbles and and um, and and dirt that you walk over, but it's what the Holy Spirit chooses to do in the midst of all of that. And I think that was probably one of the the biggest lessons that I learned. And you know, as a priest, and really. Let's just be honest, as a, as a person who is baptized, if you're playing the, 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 the daily game of getting up and trying to live as a Christian, you know that no matter what you have planned for the day, if you allow the Holy Spirit to work, the, the itinerary becomes real. You, right. you realize that, that your itinerary is, is not the same thing as the Spirit's all the time. And the Camino is very much that, mm-hmm. very much that. And, uh, and so... Um, Father Ryan, uh, who actually he was he was deacon sitting this evening, uh, he had a deacon in his parish, so uh, so he he couldn't come in. But we were we, we will have him on um, yes. to to tell the uh, kind of the other perspective of of the story. He certainly wants to do that. Um, but uh, Father Ryan and I, as you know, uh, walked the Camino Santiago um, four months ago now, and um, he's a planner. I mean, if you go back and you watch the show or listen to the show uh, before we left. Every um, every yot and tidl is um, is is taken care of, right? Mm, every t is right. crossed, every i is dotted, and yet we didn't write in cursive the whole time we were there. I yeah. mean, it was yeah. it was completely um, spirit led, which means um, all of the the joy and serendipity and all of the difficulty that's involved. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we when we got to to Spain to Pamplona, we started walking, and about five days into the Camino. Mm-hmm. So we're walking for five days. And remember, Father Ryan um, had been practicing. Um, I'm, I'm a lazy sure, yeah. lout, and <laughs> I, I didn't practice. Uh, and so for nine months, he had been walking in the same shoes. Uh, and for nine months, he had been walking with his pack. Well, not quite nine, but he had been walking with his pack. Right. Um, he had been uh, hiking with his poles, you know, and so he looked the part in North Louisiana, <laughs> hiking in the um, in the, the the war museum in um, in Mississippi in Vicksburg, mm. and uh, and so he was I mean rough and ready. Yeah. Um, and me, I said, well, I guess I really better pack my pack and see if everything fits in it, you know. <laughs> um, and so five days or so in, uh, his his feet began to swell past his shoes, hmm. and that's not something that you can plan for. It just it happened. Right. And, um, and so up until that point, we realized that we were well out of our depth. I mean, actually, it wasn't even 24 hours into hiking, and I realized I have too much stuff in my yeah. pack. The thing that I knew I would discover, not only did I discover, but I discovered because I was in, I was in dire pain. Mm. Yeah. Because that first, there's a, the, you, you immediately begin climbing out of Pamplona. Yeah. And it is a nearly uphill climb. See, they don't tell you this, all right, folks? <laughs> Anytime you watch anything on the Camino, <laughs> it's it's usually like a long shot. Right. And you see a person walking in silhouette. Mm-hmm. And it's sunset or sunrise and an indeterminate movement of the sun. <laughs> and you go, oh, how, how beautiful. Yep. How idyllic. How idyllic. And they're how, just like popping along. Yeah, just yeah. popping along. Mm-hmm. That I was wanted. not day one. <laughs> It wasn't day two, um, and and frankly, I mean, a good deal of uh, of the Camino is is climb. Yeah. It really is. Mm. And so when you have about you know near on thirty five pounds on your back, 
uh, and you're climbing straight up. And then when you're going down, most of the downhills are like they're these little itty bitty pebbles. Like if you can remember smooth river stones, mm-hmm. like like smooth gravel, but all down the slope of this of mm-hmm. a mountain. Yeah, that's what you're walking down on. <laughs> And and so again, with nearly forty pounds on your back, sure, uh, it was it was an extremely humbling experience from day one, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's almost as if the Camino has to break you, right? It's it's like boot camp, right, mm-hmm. or, or basic training. You have to be broken so that the Holy Spirit can be allowed to to begin to that whisper to become a um, a normal conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that just about everybody on the Camino, one way or another, experiences that. Um, and you can shut it out as much as you can, but there comes a point where physically you're so exhausted, kind of like a retreat, right. where you're just you realize you're physically so exhausted that you'll you'll listen. Yeah. And so for us, that happened beginning day one and about five days in, um, where Father Ryan's, I mean, he couldn't physically walk the, the because his feet had swollen, um, his uh, the blisters began to form, and my feet really didn't blister up too terribly uh, bad um but he couldn't walk he couldn't physically walk and so it was from that moment that we realized that the camino was not going to be um as we planned sure because father because he couldn't walk he had to figure out what to do um and then i had to figure out okay so am i kind of tossing the towel in was my camino simply five or six days and that was that Mm -hmm. um but the holy spirit was telling me no you keep walking young man you mm-hmm. just keep on yeah. going. Well, I was telling Father Chris that, you know, I was reading his blog and I tried mm-hmm. so hard. I think, you know, we both kind of talked about it. We tried so hard not to like text him like, every How's time. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. Send us emails. And I was reading his blog and I was like, I'm about to text him right now and tell him that. Because, you know, because you're very honest in your blog. Yeah. In your blog. And, you know, I mean, it was it was almost like like reading, you know, an adventure story. Because, like, yeah. Every time you're like, I think this might be it. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is how it ends. Like, I'm not watching it anymore. <laughs> so like, I just tried so hard not to, not to, but yeah. I was about to. I was about to get up in there yeah. and text you and be like, if you don't get back on that road, <laughs> you better not come I back think, here. <laughs> I think it also like compelled us to pray for you though. Cause sure, like yeah. I would yeah. read those and I just like trying to imagine like what Father Ryan was going through, what you mm-hmm. were going through right. and like. Even just making those decisions, much less like the, the physical pain of like yeah. the actual community, but like even those decisions are painful in themselves. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, you know, overwhelmed with compassion for y'all. And I was like, oh, come on, just, just help them, Lord, just help them. And, and I'll tell you that, I mean, I, I know that the intercession um, of the of the people of God was was active, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I knew, you know, oftentimes you, you hear you hear people say, "I felt the prayer." Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I I can say that there was a visceral experience of the prayer right. where yeah. I I would would wake up the next morning and realize that nope, up mm-hmm. up, yeah. you know, uh, kind of like Elijah, up, yeah. take and eat, lest the journey will be too much, yeah. you know. Um, like Catherine of Siena. Like Catherine of Siena, <laughs> exactly. Father like a man. That's right. Father like a man. Yeah. <laughs> Except the circumstances Back were different. Back to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Olivia's first yeah. like inclination is, "I prayed for you," and I'm like, "I'm a threaten you." <laughs> No, Ka- Kathleen's. I prayed. I was this praying. This is our temperament. I said we. I, I said say. our inclination was to pray for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but <laughs> Kathleen's intercession comes Come through with some, the veil, yeah. some sassy yeah. with the veil thread. <laughs> <laughs> 
You better. You better, you better get back on that road. It's what we've come to know and love about Kathleen, you know. I miss those veil threads. And, um, and so, so uh, Father Ryan de- uh, determined, like, his, his alternate plan was to go to Avila, mm-hmm. uh, which is exactly what he did. He went to, to where St. Teresa and mm-hmm. St. John of the Cross, he was within uh, kind of a stone's throw from their, uh, their, their monastery. So cool. And, uh, and so he just kind of took time out. And I, feel, I, I think that it really was providential that, um, that we were separated, you know. Um, in fact, I was telling somebody this last night that uh, had we not been separated, there would have been a great temptation to listen to each other's noise. Right. right. But I know at least, I can't speak for Father Ryan, but for myself, the Holy Spirit needed me alone. Mm-hmm. He needed me alone so so that he could begin to do some work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. So, uh, so I kept walking, and uh, our plan was to meet up uh, in Burgos, which is, I guess, uh, from where we were walking, it was probably a little more than a third of the way in. And uh, it was the next big city. So he said, I'll go to uh, um, Avila and chill there for a week. And then um, I'll meet up with you again. And so in Burgos, um, we we met up. And um, his feet had begun to heal a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, But uh, his shoes still weren't weren't doing their thing. Um, And then I'm trying to remember exactly the the chronology of things. Because we also realized that that we needed to to get rid of all the stuff in Mm -hmm. our pack. Yeah. Yeah. And I so think that was earlier. That was earlier. It was yeah. in Estrella. We were still yeah. walking together, I think. And that was when we were beginning to make the alternate plan. And in Estrella, there is a service where you can um, send through the mail. You can send a box, however big you want, mm-hmm. um, to this guy in Santiago. And so he has like a, a, a little room that's a warehouse where people realize, oh, cool, yeah. okay, doofus, <laughs> now uh, send the stuff ahead because you brought too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I'm offloading my pack, I'm realizing, I, what was I going to do with this anyway? Yeah. You no? Know? I mean, did, did I really need a hot air balloon? I don't think so. <laughs> you know? So. Uh, All that recreation time that I'm sure that you had. <laughs> that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. There was a little time for recreation, but uh, there was more time, I think, for just recharging, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so so in, in Burgos, we met back up and um, and then Father's feet still hadn't quite healed. His, his shoes were... Um, kind of still ill-equipped for his feet. So we went out to try to find some shoes for him, which now um, size 48, I believe. Uh, that's like size 14. Does um, not exist. It does not exist. And so Europe. if you, if you want, and, and uh, Kathleen would do very well in Europe because the people uh, pretty much in every country in Europe that I visited, yeah. They're very, very um, good about telling you exactly what's on their mind. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. There's a very kind of open culture, you know, <laughs> especially in Spain and uh, in, it- in Italy as well. Yeah. And so we walked into a, a shoe shop, the Zapataria Sanchez. See, si. mm. and um, <laughs> and uh, and Mr. Sanchez, who probably an octogenarian himself, is sitting there just kind of passing the day. And he sees this large American walk in, you know, um, and uh, he says, I need a size 48. And Mr. Sanchez goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as you can imagine, he calls back to the other to the young people work, working in the shop. But this guy needs a 48. And they go. <laughs> and so the whole shop has a good laugh at, um, at Father Ryan. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Sanchez goes, hold on and goes into the back room and like you read about, brings out a box and goes, (laughs) blows the dust off of it. 
And it wasn't just theatrics. It was really an old box. <laughs> and it was this pair of like uh, of working workman's boots. From like 1978. From like 1978, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I can say this on the radio because it's not a bad word, but the brand name, and you can look it up, was Bestard. <laughs> B-E-S-T-D-A-R-D. Bestard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is a which is a time honored uh, brand of uh, of of Spain. So there, I, there I said it on the radio. I'm just letting the FCC know now mm-hmm. that I can say that word. But that was the brand name of his boots, <laughs> and they turned out to be the other thing because um, <laughs> after after walking for another few days, um, he had blisters on top of his God, blisters and and couldn't couldn't walk on so that that brought us to uh, another impasse you know Um, but what I think I might do is is uh, let you know something first before we get onto that impasse we are the Catholic Underground oh yes it's nice to be able to say it we are the Catholic Underground and you found us and I am Father Chris Decker Broadcasting online at CatholicUnderground.tv and on Facebook slash Catholic Underground. We've got Kathleen Lee. Yep. We've got Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell in space, along with Ed. Our picks of the week are coming up first. No, coming up, comma, but first. <laughs> um, I think we should continue. Maybe before I continue with the second bit, I can do this. Hold on again, right? Oh, we go. <laughs> Is this like a like a 1950s I game love show? show and, and, tell. Just like, and next. Well, I probably should to do this part later because there there are things in here that are from later in the trip. But I'm going to do it now anyway. Let's see. <laughs> I was um, going to say there are things in here that are alive. I was like, yeah. no, 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 do it right now <laughs> no, because I didn't bring you a salamander. Box. So no, okay. Ooh, no right. puppies. So so I have I have for Olivia. Oh wait, this is present time. It is. So for <laughs> Olivia, I have you a poppy. Oh my god. Right. So, so so the poppy is uh, is from our time in, in the UK, yeah, in the UK, right? So for World War uh, One Remembrance Day. Yeah, in um, November. What day is it? November-ish. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Then. Uh, I don't remember. But I do know that I wore my poppy on the correct day. Yes. Nice. Um, and then from, uh, from the Vatican uh, bookshop, um, a Pope Benedict uh, bookmark. Yay! For you. Yay. Yeah. Thank Pass you. that down to Olivia. And then also because I was in the UK uh, for the latter half of our trip, um, uh, I stopped by Platform Nine and Three Quarters, (laughs) and I've sorted Olivia into Ravenclaw. Yay, Olivia! What does that mean? I got her a Ravenclaw pin. Congratulations! You can can explain what that means to me later. Thank you. Means that you're awesome. Oh, cool! Yay! And then let's see. Okay, so then I have. Look at Pope Benedict. This is the right one here. Yeah, and then for Kathleen, you get a bookmark a, as well. A puppy? You get, you get a. You already have a puppy. Um, uh, also a poppy yes. for Remembrance Day. This is from Roberto, oh, our Toronto oh, bureau no. chief. You wanted yes. to make sure that uh, you were taken care of. So you get I a, love so the puppy. And then you get a Thank Pope you. Francis uh, bookmark yes. from the Vatican bookshop. Thanks. And then you've also I been love. duly sorted into yeah. Hufflepuff. Ooh, Hufflepuff! So, <laughs> so, so there you go. Oh, right. fantastic. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, and then yes, Armistice Day, of course. Yeah, that's yes, right. Indeed. So it's the 11th of November. Thanks 11th. to uh, thank you to to oh, to yeah. Deacon Doug. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, anyway, all right. oh Deacon Doug, hi. Yeah, all right. So so uh, that leaves the folks up in space, right? So, all right. So uh, so for Jeff, Jeff, uh, you get um, a a Santiago 
this is a bookmark Ooh. of St. James, That's right? Oh, yeah, right, nice. a medieval bookmark, yeah. yeah. Cool. And Beautiful. um and and you also were sorted into Hufflepuff, just so yes. you know. Come on. Welcome, you Jeff. I knew. I knew it. Is this like the temperaments? Do I yeah, need, can I like of, look up my temperament? Right, okay. Yeah. I bet you they do uh, have their own like And then um and then for Jeff, I figured that that you would enjoy having this. So whenever I got my Compostela, uh, I also I also um, got a rosary. Mm. And this is the rosary um, that is wow. uh, the St. James rosary. So it's the St. James wow. cross. That's and so then cool. there are little shells for each of the uh, Our Fathers. <gasps> and nice. then there is a shell uh, in the middle with, um, I believe it's St. James on the back. And then the, uh, the St. James cross on the front. So, wow. So, Thank uh, you. Yeah, you're very oh welcome. My. So we'll Thank send you. that up in the pneumatic tube for Excellent. you. Excellent. Good. <laughs> yeah. And then let's see here. And then for Ed... I'm going to be honest with you, Ed. I, I forgot to sort you into a house, but but Aww. I know you can be Hufflepuff. That's right. We'll or you can be um. That's actually the what? Raven one. Ravenclaw. Raven no, he might be. He might. Be. <laughs> and then for for uh, for Ed in the video cave also gets oh, a, a so Saint pretty. James uh, cool. bookmark, right? Um, I think I'm trying to remember where this one came from. Where these came from? I they might have been right before I got to Compostela. Um, and then they're and really then, beautiful. The, and then uh, for Ed, goodness, Ed, uh, I I got you a rosary, and mm. um, I believe this one might have been from Rome, but it was blessed by the Holy Father. So cool. There you, so there you Thank you, Father. Mm. Appreciate you're very welcome. it. Yeah, you're Thank very very welcome. So there you go. Wow. All right. Um, Aww. Presents. Yeah. Well, I c- I couldn't leave you guys in the. Oh. You know, this is this is part of the fruit of the of the Camino, right? Is you bring part of it home with you in some way. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, Father Ryan, um, uh, at that point, after trying the shoes on, couldn't couldn't go any farther. The bastards. The bastards, and and um, <laughs> and his feet were, you know, done. So done, and so I said, well, maybe this is it for me, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Holy Spirit did say, keep going. So I did, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, what I'll do is we'll we'll I'll, we'll kind of fast forward, and the very last uh, kind of jumping on point for the Camino, before you before you um, can't get the Compostela is right. Seria. So that's a hundred kilometers out. That's sixty two miles, I think. And so um, we fast forwarded to um, to Seria. He went over to um, where did he go? Valladolid." which is another ancient medieval Spanish town, city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he stayed there for a week, kind of palled around mm-hmm. in Spain. And then um, a week later, I was in Santiago. We met up in Santiago. Um, I went to Mass, at, uh, of course, at the, at the, the cathedral, mm-hmm. the, San, the Santiago Cathedral. Um, I, I got there. Now, I have been to Santiago before, and I know all of the entrances to it, but for whatever reason... Probably because I was exhausted because yeah. I just walked. Uh, probably a country. I, I want to say that it was like that particular day was one of the longer days, so it might have been like a seventeen mile walk. Wow! Yeah. And um, so I was, you know, you're noticeably tired when you get into the city, and I couldn't find the door mm-hmm. to get into church. <laughs> <laughs> let me in. And, and, see you like, yeah. Please, it, let I me really in. was. I was like, and of course, it, it would have been nice to can celebrate the mass, you right. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was there, by the time I found the door, it was like five minutes until mass, and so I said, "Well, Lord, I'm I'm not going to go and bust up in the sacristy and right. say, hey, American priest, <laughs> vest me.' You What's know? up? I'm right. here. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, but there were all sorts of little learning bits of, of, of humility, and right. in a sense, that was one of them. 
And I said, well, Lord, um, I suppose I'm, I'm just attending the mass. Mm. And so there was nowhere to sit because by the time I got in, the, the church was packed, mostly with tourists, right. which irked me a little bit, you know, because <laughs> the, the prideful me said, I just walked 17 miles. You guys got off a bus and you're sitting down. But right. but I realized that's I, neither I, here nor there. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm also a priest. Just give me your chair. <laughs> but but the only place the only place to to have any sort of spot was there was a kneeler on the back of the very back row, and I said, well, all right. So when I wasn't kneeling, I was uh, I was sitting kind of in a little cocoon. <laughs> I must have looked very pathetic. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, and uh, and then so that was that was uh, getting into Santiago. Yeah. But it was actually an incredibly recollected mass because I was hovering in that position between um, being alive and not alive. You know. Um, then afterward, I I, um, I don't I think I walked. I walked to the hotel, which was quite a ways away, uh, yeah. where Father Ryan was waiting, and. Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you we had a we had a four star hotel situation mm-hmm. waiting in Santiago. Yeah, here it is. Good for you. Yeah. Mainly because uh, the four star hotels are the ones that have bathtubs, and I needed to soak my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, all of my damage was internal um, on on my my feet. So I, I didn't have a whole lot of um, uh, of blisters, but I did have a lot of tendon damage oh, and that yeah. sort of thing. So uh, I'm only just now to the point where I can walk fairly normally. Mm-hmm. But it does it it creates a lot of tension um, in the foot. Uh, so it's it's not for the faint of heart, but if the Lord is calling you to do the Camino, then you should, yeah. um, because it, it really is. I mean, I haven't even really gone into a lot of the spiritual fruit here yet, sure. but uh, but there was tremendous spiritual fruit to be had, and of course uh, we'll share that on successive shows. But uh, all this to say, um, it was a great four months uh, after the Camino. We spent four months in Europe, and uh, it was exactly what the Lord wanted. So I'm happy to be back and happy to be. Uh, here again yeah you know so i told father chris that he could never leave again ever <laughs> that that is accurate let me tell you one of the things i, I meant to say at the top of the show is kathleen uh, olivia and and jeff and ed and albert did a wonderful job i mean if there's one thing that we've we've proven is that the catholic underground's got life in it you yeah. know and so uh it'd be great to 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 hear from y'all what what um what your experience of the show without me was yeah. uh because we we want to know we'll be soliciting a little bit more of that in the future as well because we want the show to grow. We want it to, to have all those different voices. And so um, I'm, I'm glad because I think the Holy Spirit also orchestrated this particular thing as well. Yeah. So uh, so there you go. Um, I, I know that, um, that we have another segment coming up after this one where we'll talk a little bit more about Advent. But I wanted to make sure that we were... That we were squared away on uh, what I've been doing this whole time, yeah. you know, because one of the other things that happened while we were in Rome. So uh, I was I was I was shopping for some religious medals and I see like these heads poke around a corner and I said, Father Chris, I said, yeah, I said, oh, we love your show. We watch you on the Catholic Faith Network in New York. And they I got I got made, huh, as they say. Um, and they said, oh, and that Olivia and that Kathleen, we love them. We love them. So so we're okay. here to stay. Uh, What we'll do is take a little bit of a break. We'll be back with some Advent Reflections. We're Catholic Underground. Stay right where you are. A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, 
Grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, St. Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is. Uh, welcome back to the Catholic Underground. Uh, you know us, right? Uh, we're here, uh, back streaming into your ear or on your um, device, you know, on your Roku or something like that. Forget all the things that we're on these days. All the but things. Anyway, you, you found us. I'm um, Father Chris. Uh, if you don't know me and you're a new listener, um, I used to run this thing. <laughs> now I sweep the streets I used to own. Uh, and then Kathleen, right? Yep, yeah. Still Kathleen. That is and then my Olivia. Name. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jeff and Ed. And then of course you. You're here. You're listening. You're watching. And uh, we're glad that you're here. You can always uh, watch us at CatholicUnderground.tv. You can certainly listen to us in Baton Rouge on Catholic Community Radio. You can watch us on Catholic Faith Network uh, throughout the uh, Diocese of Rockville Center and throughout New York. And then of course Catholic TV in Boston. Um, and then let's Tal- see what else. What did I? Well, it's now Catholic Faith Network. Okay. Oh, right, right. You didn't get oh. that memo. I didn't. They sent me a nice little letter saying that uh, Telecare is now Catholic Faith Network. Congratulations, by the way. Wow. When did they do that? Nice. Uh, a couple months ago. See what happens yeah. when you leave? I All these think, things change, and I don't know what's going on. I, I bet Kathleen didn't read her email. I think that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Some things never Back change. Back to the show. That's, that's right. <laughs> The so, things that matter. so we thought, uh, since we are in the season of Advent um, and, and coming very close to the Christmas season when we're streaming to you, uh, we talk a little bit about one of Olivia's favorite things, <laughs> because you read basically the same book. It's well-worn yeah. every year, and these are these are the sermons of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, right? Yeah, yeah, and I actually love this idea that Jim, the wonderful guy who, who preps all our show notes, yes. and he... Our managing editor, we basically Yeah, 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 thank uh-huh. you. Um you know Jim. Um, you know he approached me about this idea um, since this was my pick of the week a few weeks ago for like the third year in a row, fourth year in a row. Yep. And um, he was like, "Well, would you like to talk about it?" And I, I that had never occurred to me, but yes, <laughs> obviously, yes, I would. Um, I do love this book, and and I'll tell you why first, and then I'll kind of walk you through an explanation as to why. But the reason that I I love this book so much is because it's a series of sermons. These are things that um, that uh, Saint Bernard he gave as actual sermons um, during his lifetime. Um, and so they're relatively short. Mm-hmm. You can imagine probably maybe a little bit longer than your average homily now, but relatively short. Um, incredibly scriptural. Um, so in this book, every line that's italicized is something from scripture. And then in the margins, it tells you where in oh, scripture really it is. that's really neat. That's handy. But every page, like look at this page, every line has some multiple mm-hmm. scriptures on it. Though um, That's one of the things about... Uh, about the saints and the church fathers that I'm not sure most of us realize mm-hmm. is how steeped in scripture yeah. they are, which is why a lot of folks that read the church fathers uh, that are not Catholic go, wait a, wait, wait a minute. Right. I mean, every, every other thing they say is italicized, right. you know, is, is a, a quote from scripture. Yeah. And like so much so that, you know, this was in the time before like, um, footnotes and even any kind of like academic attrition yeah. like yeah. before that was necessary and a good deal that i would imagine if i'm just guessing here it was remembered mm-hmm. oh exactly right? because we get this stuff from the liturgy right the mm-hmm. priest who prays the liturgy of the hours consistently yeah. mm-hmm. and the, and the uh, prayers of the mass consistently it's part of our vocabulary internal and external yeah 
And so then to kind of craft a sermon around it. Yeah, it's just a language. Mm -hmm. It's a way of communicating the language through the words that God himself has Mm -hmm. given to us. And um, so, yeah, so he he has multiple sermons for Advent. I think there's about seven of those. And then he, um, let's see. Yeah, seven on Advent, and then he has sermons for um, for Christmas and different ones. So he's got one for you know Christmas Eve. He's got a couple for Christmas Eve, and then um, and then so he this moves covers into, into the Christmas season as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, in cool. fact, you, you know probably two thirds of this book is for Christmas. But um, I do like want to focus today on the Advent ones, um, just because you can you can really. Um, get that sense of waiting from him. Yeah. Um, and, and what's beautiful about it is he's not telling you what you should do in order to prepare for Advent. He's doing it with you as mm-hmm. he's writing, as he's speaking, because these were spoken. Um, and what he's really doing is he's he's pondering in his mind and in his heart, like uh, in a very Marian way, what's about to happen in the incarnation. And he's, he's really ruminating on it just as someone would do authentically. Like, okay, I know the incarnation is coming. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Why is it, why is it necessary? Why is it happening now? Why is it happening in this way? And he's, he's thinking about all these things, but he's doing it, it with the mind of the church. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very beautiful and responsible way of, of pondering things in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to, basically give like an intro to why I love this. And then I, I want to go through the first sermon okay, um, yeah. and just like give you an example as to why you should go and buy this book and just speed read it through the rest of Advent. Um, you got time. Yeah. And you got plenty of time. You're like plenty. nine days, whatever. Mm-hmm. Amazon prime that and it'll be, yeah, you'll be fine. You're, you're fast readers. We know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he starts this first sermon um, with a really beautiful image, um, and that's another thing. He uses a lot of really cool imagery. Saint um, Bernard is fantastic with his yes. imagery, like on the Blessed Mother. His homilies mm, on the Blessed yeah. Mother mm-hmm. are fantastic. Yeah, and you do get that sense from this book. He is so Marian mm-hmm. <laughs> in the way that he writes. Um, but he's got this really beautiful um, opening to this first sermon, and um, and he basically talks about we we have to tear ourselves away from the world, um, and the analogy he uses is of someone drowning. Um, you know, someone who's, who's drown or people who are drowning, um, they cling tenaciously to whatever first comes to hand, refusing to let it go for any reason, whatever it may be, even though it can do them no good at all. Roots like of all the junk in my backpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I got it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's such a great spiritual metaphor because how often do we do that all the time? All the time we, we grasp onto things because they're comforting or because they're there or because they've you know been of some use to us in the past or because we think we can, you know, dredge some salvation out of them, extract mm-hmm. some salvation mm-hmm. out of them. Um, and I'm actually reminded of uh, an image of, from my own life. I remember going to like this children's concert thing with one of my cousins mm-hmm. when he was probably, you know, one. Yeah. And um, at the end, they like dropped confetti. And he, you know, so magical because he's a baby and, you know, what is this? And so he grabbed a piece of confetti and he just like lobster gripped it in his hand for the rest of the day. Like Uh he fell asleep in the car on the way home and he still had this like mega grip on this piece of confetti. Like it's actually worthless. Yeah. But to him, it was, it was a prize. It was a treasure. Mm -hmm. And there's something, that's what I think about whenever I I read this part of uh, Bernard, because it means nothing, the Mm -hmm. little piece of confetti. Right. But in our minds, it could mean so much more. We could we could attribute a, a greater meaning to it than it really has, and that's a distraction from other things, a distraction from the things that we should be looking towards. Um, and mm. in fact, like rescuers, um, yeah. and that's his point: is that you know we can cling to these things 
such to the point where that even if people come to help us that we we cling to the things that we've been holding on to so this much is my that, sinking boat yeah, yeah exactly uh-huh. so someone's coming and they're like i have a life raft and you're like but i have a tree yeah, yeah. i have a i have a door a yeah. la titanic you know like <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um and we we lose sight of of the actual help that's coming because we rely too much on ourselves and too much on our circumstances mm-hmm. um and so from there he really just goes on to kind of like I said, he's just digesting what's happening in Advent. And he really starts with like a sense of wonder. And that's something that Aristotle, uh, it, it is very Aristotelian um, in, in, in movement because Aristotle says that the beginning of wisdom is wonder. Yeah. If you want to, to not only understand something, but to be truly wise, you first must stand in wonder. And that's a very, again, Marian mode yeah. of receptivity. I have to stand and receive mm-hmm. before I can... Uh, you literally have to stand under something, yeah. be in a state of wonder, and receive it before I can even attempt to to execute it in my own life or sure. to to process it in a way that's going to be meaningful. And isn't it interesting? That's a that's a very common experience that so many of us have is the catching of that piece of confetti. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're caught, bewondered, mm-hmm. and then the the philosopher, right, is the one who wishes to understand the wonder, right, to go deeper into the wonder, the reasons for that joy. Right. Yeah. And that's what, that's really what he's doing. Um, and so he says that the whole point of Advent is to ponder with amazement and wonder how great is the one who is advancing towards us. Ah, yes. And I love that because there's, there's a movement in this sermon. He's, he's constantly talking about the one who's moving towards us the one who's mm-hmm. coming for us. Um, and, and later I'll talk about why that's so significant because it could have been the other way around. Um, but he says that the result of that wonder, the result of that realization that there's someone, the, the Holy One, mm-hmm. is coming for me, that should cause me to just completely get rid of pride. Yeah, drop everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, like Because he says that pride is the beginning of every sin. Mm-hmm. And if I want to be able to be received and to receive the Holy One of God, I have to have no pride in me at all, mm-hmm. which means that I have to embrace humility. Um, and again, that's that's a something that requires me to stand under a greater reality requires me to submit myself to a greater reality um and and there's there's fear in that and there's maybe shame in that mm-hmm. too um especially because we we have to be confronted with the fact that we are not great or we are not as great as we think we are you know uh, it's that interesting that the people that i know that are truly humble are usually the ones that have the deepest sense of wonder yeah you know, I mean, if you look, I mean, perhaps a classic example would be Mother Teresa, huh? now St. Teresa mm-hmm. of Calcutta. She always seemed, as a woman who was, who was taken by, by the wonder of the relationship that, that we as human beings have with God. Yeah. And that's what caused her to be a woman of great charity mm-hmm. um, because she was filled with wonder that humility poured forth from that. Yeah. That she didn't think that she was the cause of, of wonder. She, yeah, right. You know. <laughs> And that really, that is something, and that's that's a very Advent disposition of, of being kind of taken by wonder, mm-hmm. and then saying, okay, now what do I need to drop so that my hands are open, right? Yeah. My arms are open. And I think too, there's a, a sense of like you can be in wonder at the greater reality while also being in wonder at your own being. Yes. There, there, it's not like a, a it doesn't have to be a strict dichotomy where like I wonder at this greatness because of my wretchedness, mm-hmm. um, even though you know we are in need of salvation. It doesn't mean that there isn't wonder to be contemplated in our own beauty. The fact that like we are worth being pursued yeah, sure. is amazing. Psalm 139, right? Exa- yeah, that exactly. We're, we're fearfully, wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And if we are fearfully, wonderfully 
actually made, then then that means the one who made us wants us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, so he's talking about pride. And of course, like this leads him into talking about like, you know, who is who is the exemplar of pride? Well, mm. the devil. Um, Old scratch. Yes. yes. And he talks about um, how pride was the thing that darkened Lucifer, who, mm. you know, mm-hmm. the light bearer. Right. That's what Lucifer means. So pride darkened Lucifer, who sparkled more brightly than all the stars, and transformed into a devil, one who was not only an angel, but the chief of angels. Uh, yes. So pride, pride caused him to envy human beings, and then you know he conceived a wickedness in himself, Bernard says, that he brought to birth in them. Mm. So he conceived wickedness because of his envy, and he forced Adam and Eve to bring it to birth into the world. Wow. Oh. Yeah. That's something to... Chew on that. Yes. Oh, so good. Wow. I'm telling you, I'm on page three. I'm on page three, y'all. <laughs> Order the book. Order the book. Um, so yeah, so so then he goes into talking about Adam and Eve and um, and how this is really like the linchpin of, of why we need redemption, right? Mm-hmm. Is because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. Um, and that's the point of the incarnation. The incarnation comes to heal that disobedience. Um, and he, he even at one point, you know, takes on like the voice of, of Christ um, speaking to humanity, saying like, basically, I, you, you want someone to emulate. You have a need for envy mm-hmm. now because of the fall. I'm going to give you something to emulate. I'm going to give you myself. Right. The redeemed form of envy, if you want. Right. right. The, the yeah. virtue rather than the vice is I'll, I'll give you one to become... Uh, it, I will, I will restore the likeness. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because we have this, what he's called like an ache for imitation. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so he's, he gives us something beautiful, something good, something true to be able to emulate. Um, and I just, I loved that. Um, and especially because he points out, Bernard does that, that no creature was going to take the place. No creature was created to take the place of human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that, you know, there human beings are fallen throughout human history, but there never was any point where we got wiped out, obviously, yeah. or we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, there was never a point where we got wiped out and something else yeah. came right. into uh, our place because right. we just weren't worth it. We weren't, uh, you know, it yeah. wasn't going to be worth saving us right. and we might as well just write it off and start over. Regardless of what the Marvel universe wants you to believe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we, we, we remain the crown of creation, which right. is a great gift that, that God intends for us to have. And as such, if we're the crown, he wants to make sure that we shine. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. So he says that, um, you know, this all kind of justifies like why we're redeemed or like the, the events that precipitated the need for our redemption. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes to talk about like the manner of our redemption almost, um, because it, he says it would be more fitting that we would go to him because he is he is God himself and we are mere creatures. So the movement should be mm-hmm. from from us to him. Mm-hmm. But that was not what happened, right? We are we are pursued um, by the Holy One Himself because we had an obstacle. We we had two obstacles in our way. He says, first of all, we our eyes were darkened by sin, so we couldn't perceive His light. We wouldn't know where to walk. We wouldn't know where to go. Because we're in darkness, we can't see that light. Um, and we were also lying paralyzed on our mats, he says. <laughs> so not only were we paralyzed, but we were blind. Oh, and wow. I think that's so beautiful because, I mean, when you think about Jesus healing in the scriptures. And those are two specific miracles yeah. that he healed over and over, right? Yeah. Paralysis 
and then uh, blindness. Yeah. And I mean, think about the blindness. He uses his own, his own body to heal the blindness, uh, you know, by creating mud from his spit Mm -hmm. and wiping it on the man's eyes. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, uh, I think a a very small crumb of like the self-sacrifice that was to come on the cross by saying that like, not only am I going to restore you, I'm going to do it through my body. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it through myself. Um, so we had that obstacle. We had those two obstacles that that kept us from being able to do anything for ourselves. So we need a rescuer, right? We need someone to come and save us from our drowning. It reminds um, me of the of the collect for the first Sunday of Advent. Oh yeah. Uh, grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at His coming, so that gathered at His right hand they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Mm. Like there is that mm. note that that notion of of wonder dropping pride and beginning to run yeah i love towards that. the lord yeah i love that i love the sense of movement in mm-hmm. advent and mm-hmm. I, I i know i keep talking about that but i just i love that because maybe we feel stagnant sometimes in the spiritual life or we feel like we do the same things over and over again mm-hmm. but in advent i think you really perceive that sense of like there's purpose and there's movement yeah, and I moving have to, to the move. next candle. Yeah. I have yeah. to move and every, and you get to, you know, mark off the boxes in your advent calendar. Mm-hmm. You get to light the candles in your advent. There's, there's tangible signs of movement towards glory, mm-hmm. towards glory itself. And that's, that I think is, is why we can really feel hope in this yeah. time of year. Mm-hmm. If we, if we meditate right on advent. Um, and then he also talks about Bernard does, uh, the time uh, of our redemption. And I never, before reading this book, I never really like considered that. Why was it important that Christ came when he did? Um, and what he says what is that, um, he says, now it is time to consider the time at which the Savior came. He came, I believe you are not unaware of this, not at the beginning of time, nor, to, nor at its midpoint, but at its end. This mm-hmm. is done not inappropriately. On the contrary, wisdom wisely arranged that help should first be brought when the need was great, though not unaware that the children of Adam are, are prone to ingratitude. So basically, one of my professors described it like this, that Christ came, if you're thinking of, of all of human history as the mass, Christ's coming was the great amen. Oh, okay. And it comes near the end of the liturgy, uh-huh. not the complete end, but right. near the end of the liturgy. Um, and, and I loved that because I think that we too can, in our pride, can think about the world is, is really, it's coming towards this point in humanity and it's going out towards it. And we're almost like the midpoint. Um, and, and because that's like an apex, that's a, a a central point. That's right. But really we're, we're at, and scriptures tell us, tradition tells us that we're at the end of, of, of time. Right. Um, and we don't know when that end will be because we can't possibly perceive how long history has, has extended before us. Right. But we are in that end time. And, uh, and, and Bernard says that the reason for this is that uh, the reason that Christ comes at this time is because help comes when the need is most great. Hmm. So there was never a time when we were, we, when we, when we were abandoned by God, but help comes when the need is most great. Um, and that also doesn't mean that we are, you know, not still not prone to, to ingratitude. We are. Um, so we, we've missed how God has tried to help us before Christ, the coming of Christ. Um, and so he comes in this big, this powerful, this huge way, and also this really little way because he comes as a baby. Um, and he comes to just change everything. If only we will receive him. Right. Um, and he also says that, um, that when the, you know, he quotes the, uh, 
Paul in Galatians that when the fullness of time came, God sent his son. So he comes in the fullness of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bernard says, surely a fullness and abundance of the things temporal uh, had brought about a loss and forgetfulness of things eternal. So he came in the fullness of time, uh, and he also says this, to give only one example, temporal peace was then so complete that the whole world could be registered at the decree of one single person. <laughs> so really, like, their sense of time, their sense of place had become their God, had that become their religion. That brings a new understanding of the genealogy, right? Of the, oh, yeah. Of the enrollment. Yeah. Wow. Well, and that's actually, that's how he ends it. Oh, my gosh, you're a prophet. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. No, oh. because that's how he ends it. Um, he's... he he makes that connection between, you know, there's, there's this temptation to, to bring everything into subjection, uh, in a temporal realm, in a, in a human realm, mm-hmm. um, and, and basically exercise dominion just over this, this time and place. But Christ doesn't settle for that. Um, and that's why the genealogies are so important because, uh, he quotes song of songs by saying, you know, look, says the bride, he is coming, leaping upon the mountains, bounding across the hills. That's what Bernard says. The point of the genealogies are the point of the genealogies is to show that bounding, to He's show leaping that leaping through the generations, 14, 14, 14 yeah. to us. He's yeah. leaping through time oh. to come and find us. And it's that, that bridal relationship, that, that spousal relationship. Mm. Yeah. He's not coming to be your friend. He's not coming to be your, your, you know, your servant. He's not coming to be your master. He's coming to be your husband. Yes. He's coming to be your spouse. And, and he, he cares for you so much that he's, he's allowed himself to, he's allowed history to be prepared throughout all of time just for that purpose, just for, so that you will meet him at Christmas, so that you will meet him during this Advent season and say, yes, and mm-hmm. say, oh, and just be stand in wonder. And so you will be courted by him from, yeah. from Christmas tide all the way through to the time where he says, and now I must go to Jerusalem. Yeah. I must go to the cross for you. So do you see, Jeff, uh, Christmas and Easter are not so far unrelated, are they? Oh, absolutely. Man, <laughs> Isn't that something? Okay. Well, I might have it to get that. It is a gift. Yes. It yeah. keeps on giving. It does. That's exactly right. And it does because we then enter into those moments, that entire, that entire moment of salvation we enter into at the altar at Mass. Mm-hmm. So Christmas and Easter are happening simultaneously yeah. whenever we go to the liturgy. That's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good to be back. I've missed... That segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, missed, I've missed C block. Ah, but you know, Jeff, there's something else that I've missed. And it's that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. Pick a pick of the week. Okay, so our first pick of the week, uh, let's go over to Kathleen, maybe. Okay. Am I restoring the order? Is that what's happening? I don't know. I just wanted to point out that last week we made a comment that mm-hmm. um, that now we'd have to go back to me following Kathleen. Oh. And someone put in the comments in the chat room um, that they're looking forward to that coming back. <laughs> oh. Well, then who are we to Come not on. give the chat yeah. room what it wants? Come so. Yes, yeah. indeed. Okay, so you know me. It is, it is um, Christmas shopping time, and, you know, know me I love some good Catholic art mm. uh, I found a new um, shop on Etsy called Saint Script oh. um, it's all one word you can go to Etsy.com Saint Script it'll be in the show notes it'll be in the show notes of course it's just really cool um, like almost like watercolor paint yeah. and of of um, of different saints and she 
it seems to that she started with a couple of saints and then started to do like uh, custom orders that she just kind of added. Oh, I, I know the feeling. Yeah, and yeah. so she does um, these portraits. She has uh, little note cards, um, little holy cards. They have. A, she has a divine mercy mm. fold out. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. I may or may not have ordered a few gifts from there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, I'll just it, peruse. It yeah. might be um, too late to order for Christmas. But but Epiphany Tide is fine right? because Christmas starts on the twenty fifth. Yes, right. indeed. <laughs> right, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so really Saint pretty. Script on Etsy. There you go. Very cool. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a neat pick of the week. Uh, yes. You know, uh, by the way, not that I need to self plug, but if you want to see some of my art uh, that <gasps> which happened, you should uh, yes yeah uh, Instagram dot com slash digital catholic mm-hmm. um, and you can see. Well, bits of the Camino, but yeah. also uh, the art that I did, because that was one of the things that I wanted to do was to concentrate mm-hmm. a little bit more on that. So, yeah, so, yeah I'll put incredible. that in the show notes. Yep. Too. Okay. They were a lot of fun. Olivia? Yes, get ready for disappointment, people. No! <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, oh, you know I love you, Kathleen. I just can't follow you. Um, so my pick of the week is actually an app called Jane, um, like Jane Austen. Ooh, like, whose birthday is today? Oh. Happy birthday, Jane Austen. Um, or me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Or that, sure. I don't know when her birthday is. Um, (laughs) But this app is called Jane, and um, this is for my like my ladies in the audience. Um, It's an app, kind of like Zulily, in the sense that like there's deals that only last like you know two days or something like that. Um, But there's a lot of like clothes that are really well priced on there, shoes, even like home decor stuff. There's pet stuff. Things for your kids, yeah. Um, (laughs) And they really expanded their categories just in the last few months. Um, But I, someone recommended this app to me because I don't have time to go and like shop for things mm-hmm. um, but especially their winter clothes are really well priced and really good quality like the stuff that I've ordered from them and received I've been really impressed with I paid you know $17 for this sweater that if I go into a store it's going to cost me 70 so I've been really nice. impressed with the quality so far um, and also the customer service because I ordered some shoes I got really big feet too Father Ryan and they didn't fit and so I had to return them um, and I contacted the seller not the Jane app but the seller and they've been really nice about the whole process and, and very easy. So, uh, Jane, if you're looking for, you know, low-key kind of shopping nice. options, yeah. Cool. That's that's handy. That's very handy. Oh, um, is that a fanny pack for a dog? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> How can I follow that? <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, Jeff, your pick of the week. Uh, I like your pick of the week. Imagine if you I want will. your pick of the week. <laughs> a lava lamp. It's about the size of a lava lamp, 14 and a half inches tall, but... And I'll tell you, honestly, the way I got this was kind of as a joke for my wife, and we have thoroughly enjoyed this. (laughs) But um, there are houses all around us that have fireplaces. We don't. It's just the way the neighborhood was set up. So um, I told her one day after seeing this on Amazon, we're going to get you a fireplace, dear. So I ordered this little 14 and a half inch thing. And and uh, it's got these flame-shaped, they're made out of cloth, but it's real light. And it's got a fan in it and these multicolor uh, LEDs. So when you turn it on, it oh. uh, makes the, the flames kind of flicker. Yeah. And then it changes it to like dim and then get bright red and orange. So it approximates then, a flame. Yeah. And it's like, you know, cheap thrill for 20 bucks. But uh, I'm telling you, we turn off all the lights except oh, nice. for the Christmas tree and the little fireplace <laughs> lamp. And it's, it just starts sitting does on it hot cast a, Does it cast a shadow at all? Like, does it cast onto the, or is it just kind of... You're, you're, but, no. Well, these are LEDs, so they're oh, okay. not ultra bright, but yeah. you, it's best if you look at it from the side, because yeah. at the top, uh, you, know, you 
kind of needs to be up, you know. But uh, well, that sounds like a new it, thing, cool, though. Like yeah. especially yeah. like if you're in an apartment in an mm-hmm. apartment. Yeah. Having, having traveled through Europe for the last four months um, and in uh, living in very small spaces, I can see where something like that would be yeah. very, very nice. You it's know, fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's that's what's a cool your pick thing. of the week. Yeah. My pick of the week actually is something I uh, I uh, Indiegogoed. Ooh, yeah, oh, okay. kickstarted, mm-hmm. but Indiegogoed a while back, <laughs> and it was um. So if you watched the the last Star Wars movie. Uh, not not the the off universe thing or the um, not the the side stories, but the last Star Wars installment. Mm. Um, a lot of it takes place on a mountain, uh, like an island mountain, um, called Skellig Michael. Yes, and, of course. And and this is an actually an ancient monastery island that that uh, monks uh, kind of founded, and they built these uh, these beehive looking uh, dwellings, wow. and they had a rule of life, and there was a monastery there. Mm. And it was a place of prayer for hundreds of years. Um, uh, George Lucas's folks found it, um, and uh, or whoever the showrunner was at that point found it, and that's where they decided to to put where um, Luke Skywalker. Spoiler alert: had uh, had been had been holed up. Oh, well, okay. so so Philip Kozlowski, whose stories that that we um, we hold, we talk about every now and then on Catholic Underground. Um, he uh, he said, you know, I'm really interested in this. So he wrote a, a book about it, did some research, but then also uh, commissioned a comic book and a story about a young man, Finian, and the Seven Mountains. And uh, this is kind of the story of um, of, of of a young uh, a young Catholic trying to kind of come of age, that sort of thing. Um, but also uh, his story about what happens on Skellig Michael. So mm. I've missed the Indiegogo for issue two. But uh, issue one is out there, and we'll put that in the show notes where you can find it. Golly, nice. that's a, it's a nice picture. It's well yeah, drawn, it's really, very, really very cool. well drawn uh, by by Michael Lavoy. So, so very good stuff. Nice. Well, Jeff, we are very, very grateful for all those who support us throughout the year, aren't we? We are. And this week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com/slash/donate, and portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com/slash. Catholic Underground. That's exactly right. Uh, if you want to learn more about what we do and who we are, you can go to catholicunderground.com. And uh, of course, our panelists, uh, you know them, Kathleen Lee. She's the benefactress. She's our hope samurai. Yes, indeed. She's at Lee 626 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Olivia Galino joins us. Uh, she's um, at The Real OMG. There are periods in between those, The yeah. Real OMG. Yeah, huh? Nice. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. Uh, Jeff Blackwellis on all the social medias. Yep. Uh, social, our social research, our research assistant, leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, Ed Ball is our video and graphics director. And, well, you know me. I'm back. Yay! Father Chris. <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram at Digital Catholic. Check out my artwork uh, from, from my time away. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find the still small voice. We wish you a happy Advent, a Merry Christmas season. We are the Catholic Underground, we're Faith Gone Digital, and we'll see you next time. From the Catholic Underground.